uh, from Brooklyn and New York, is that right? Well, I'm from Long Island, but my, Long whole, Island. F- my whole family is from Brooklyn. Okay, uh, tell us a bit about your family upbringing. What was it like? Yeah, well, I grew up in uh, a good home. Um, we went to church every Sunday, though um, it was traditional, so I didn't know the Lord growing up. But my parents were good parents, and New York is a very exciting place. Uh, That's also where I got into DJing and uh, collecting records and spinning, and I started my own DJ business back when I was young. Uh, Yeah, yeah, so there were... um, New York was a very um, amazing place to grow up, but I didn't realize how amazing it was until I went out from New York. Because uh, you just get used to it, you know, yeah. being being there, living there. Uh, it's very multicultural. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm very grateful to have grown up there. Well, you know, it's interesting because we, we've had uh, Seinfeld on the TV for years from New York. And, yes. You know, you got, like, Jerry and you got uh, you got the, the soup Nazi. Uh, yep. No soup for you. No soup for you. <laughs> and uh, you got, uh, you know. Uh, George Costanza, and they've got that that New York kind of nasally drawl. Is yes. that right? Yeah. Well, interesting. They're saying that the New York accent is being lost uh, because it's such a cosmopolitan city. Everybody's coming in, so the New York <laughs> accent is being lost. But the older generation will have it, and oft, often people in Long Island, as well as in Florida, a lot of people, the promised land for the New Yorker is Florida. <laughs> to go to Florida, you know, Jerry Seinfeld's yeah. parents there from. Florida, <laughs> according to the program, and so that's the promised land, and you'll find the New York accent in Florida, as well as probably some New York pizza there, and some bagels, um, yeah, yeah, and so there, but the accent is changing, but there's, uh, you know, some that are still holding on, like my parents, they say coffee. Coffee, yeah, <laughs> I love my coffee. Uh, now, I'm, I'm really curious to know about your conversion experience, because you were a uh, a DJ, like a techno and house music DJ. Correct. Uh, how did you come to Christ? Well, uh, through being a DJ, I was invited over to a party. It was a Halloween party, and uh, that would be a no-go for uh, Christians, um, but often. Um, but I went to this. Uh, I met this girl. I was interested in her. We became friends. It turns out she was a backslidden Christian, and her parents were really worried that I was dating their daughter. So the whole church began to pray, pray that I would come to know Jesus, that I'd be saved. I think they were praying that we'd break up. But uh, anyway, in the process, 
she started to bring me to church. I began to hear the message about Jesus, about the Bible. The Holy Spirit began to convict me of my sin. I saw I needed a Savior. I need to be saved. And at first I resisted that because I thought I'm a good, you know, I'm a good Christian boy. But I was only Christian in name. I didn't know the Lord personally. And uh, eventually I bowed the knee to Jesus, uh, the church that was praying for me. Uh, Abundant Life Christian Fellowship. I got uh, saved there. And uh, that pastor there, Pastor Dennis Hodgelik, has been my pastor ever since. Uh, Sad thing is he's retiring just this Sunday. He's retiring. (laughs) But I hope to keep a close relationship uh, with him. He's a a great, uh, amazing man who is a faithful teacher of the Word of God. And I understand you're connected to uh, Dr. Michael L. Brown from the yes. States. I follow him on Facebook. He's very He writes great articles for Charisma magazine. Uh, what's your connection with him? Yeah, well, he was uh, the president of the Bible school I went to. So when I went to Bible school in Pensacola, he was the president. He's, al- he's also a friend of uh, my pastor, Pastor Den- Dennis Hodgelik. And, uh, yeah, so he, I sat under his teaching and I, I read many of his books. I'm uh, friends with him, though it's, it's hard to talk to him on a daily basis because he's a very busy man. But he has a real heart for all the graduates that came from the school and, uh, he's endorsed our Bible school and, uh, from time to time, uh, we talk, uh, back and forth and he's, uh, he's Jewish. Uh, mm-hmm. He was saved as a Jewish LSD-taking rock drummer. Yeah. And uh, here he is saved. He studied Hebrew. Uh, he has a doctorate in Semitic languages. And, uh, yeah, now he's preaching the word and telling people about Jesus. He has written many books. And, yeah, that's my connection mm. with uh, Dr. Michael L. Brown, real inspiration and a mentor to me. Yeah. And you married an Aussie girl. How did you meet her? Uh, yeah, we met at the Pensacola Revival. So the Pensacola Revival, God was moving in a very powerful way. And many people were coming from all around the world. In five years' time, about three million people came. And there was about 100,000 people. Uh, that's a low estimate of people who found Jesus, who opened up their hearts to Jesus, about 100,000 saved. She was one of those hungry souls from Australia that came, and there was thousands upon thousands of people on that campus, but we kept on bumping into each other all the time, just ah. one, one uh, time after another. Email just started to come out, I think it was 1998. We exchanged emails, and then uh, we developed a friendship. Uh, over online, and then we started to court, and then we got married. What an amazing God story. Yes. And uh, did she stay in the States, or did you come over no, here? No, no, I came straight over here. So we we got married here on the Gold Coast. Uh, well, we're not in the Gold Coast specifically right now, but we got married in Australia on the Gold Coast. Now, the other thing is uh, I'm curious to know about the Browns of a Revival. Is that church still functioning? Yes, the church is functioning. Because of the move of the uh, the Spirit, it's like the day of Pentecost. Everybody that was touched by that revival went out and spread the fire all across the world. I have friends that are missionaries in almost Every country around, they're all over the place. So the church now is a is a smaller church back, to, you know, compared to what it was. It's a smaller church, uh, uh, just like many of our churches, uh, local churches. But the fire that has gone out from there has touched probably every city and place in the U.S. as well as all across the world. Well, I still remember the worship CD with Lyndall Cooley. 
Yes. He took back what he stole from me. <laughs> he has fire in his eyes and a sword in it. I won't sing, but yes. great worship songs. Oh, yeah, I still listen to that stuff. Yeah. Uh, I have it in the car. Sometimes the kids are uh, sick of listening to Lindo Cooley, but he was such an amazing, and he still is, this amazing worshiper who would lead you into the presence of God, and that's what a worshiper is uh, called to do. Mm-hmm. A worship leader is called to lead us into the presence of God, and uh, he was a young man when he recorded that. Uh, I would say around thirty years old. And boy, the passion that mm, came out and right those, those songs. Yeah. Now uh, you you also got a great testimony about healing from Crohn's disease. Tell us about that. Correct. Yeah. Well, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease when I was uh, around twelve years old, and uh, but. The diagnosis of it took a long time. I was just withering away. It was going on for about a year, a year and a half. My parents were taking me from doctor to doctor. They couldn't uh, figure out what was going on until I finally went to a Jewish doctor. And uh, immediately um, he diagnosed the problem. He had to do uh, the colonoscopy that's needed. And he said, you have Crohn's disease. And uh, they were able to treat me. But he said, you have this thing for life and you, you're going to have to take uh, medicine for the rest of your life. But uh, the medicine that I was meant to take for the rest of my life, I was allergic to it. And so the Crohn's disease went into remission. And I got saved. I found Jesus. I got saved or Jesus found me. And then um, I got the attack of Crohn's disease again after salvation. Then I put scriptures up on my wall about healing, and I began to pursue God for healing, and I didn't want to go on the medicine again. And so I began to pray and seek God. Eventually, uh, after a few months, I was healed with no more pain, and I haven't been on medicine since I've been uh, 13 years old, and now I'm going to be turning 40 next month. So uh, I've been healed, and uh, I'm really happy for that because uh, the Lord is our healer and uh, happy because I couldn't do the work of the Lord being debilitated like that. It was a, it's a really debilitating disease. And I, I figure that there's some listeners that have it and you've been through a lot with it. And sometimes you got to get different parts of your intestines cut out. It's a really horrible thing. And uh, I want to just even sh- give a short prayer that you're Father, that your healing would come to those who are suffering with any type of intestinal problems and diseases. Lord, you are our healer. The Lord is our healer. We proclaim that right now in Jesus' name. Amen. What a, one, what a wonderful thing to do, to share your healing testimony and then to pray for others to be healed. Yes. Uh, you know, there's a lot of churches these days that aren't functioning in healing, that mm-hmm. aren't seeing healing. and. You know, it was a part of the Gospels. It was yes. a part of the Book of Acts. It was a part of the early church. Yes. Why do you think it is that we don't see as much healing today as what we read in the Scriptures? Yeah, I think there's many reasons. One of them is uh, we need to step out in faith and uh, pray for people to be healed. And we need to believe that that's what the Scripture says. Now, I pray for people. Sometimes they don't get healed. I can't say that I'm Jesus, but our goal is to point to people. Point people to Jesus and tell them that he is the healer and um, get people in the word of God. Because I know for me, uh, taking hold of the scriptures, fighting with the sword of the word of God, the promises of healing is how I um, received my healing. Um, So there could be many ways to answer that. Uh, It's just my prayer, um, uh, more than having an answer to that, it's just my prayer, Lord, heal. 
uh, Lord, touch people. There's people that's hurting and uh, there's people that are hurting and Jesus has compassion on them and he wants to show them his love and restore them and bring wholeness. I just think it's such an important thing that uh, we uh, believe in the full gospel, not just yes. saved, but healed and delivered yes. as well. Amen. Such an important thing that uh, we we get it right, you know, because yep. some people think Christianity is boring, but I reckon you're doing it wrong. <laughs> no, you, no. If you think Christianity is boring, you're doing it wrong. You know? every, every day, uh, walking with Jesus, every day is an adventure. There is something that happens. There's some type of blessing. God's kindness breaks through. It is so exciting. Every day, no day is boring with the Lord because this is the King of the universe who created everything. Amen. He's living inside of you, and you're living inside of Him. Oh, it's just wonderful being uh, a child of God. Absolutely, there's nothing, mate. nothing better, nothing better. Now, tell me a little bit about your church planting and yes. your ministry school. How did that all come about? Yeah, so. Early when I got uh, saved, uh, God put it on my heart to be a pastor, to plant churches and start Bible schools. It took a while to get to that uh, point of training and discipleship and rebukes and corrections, correction from my pastor. And uh, eventually God sent me here to Brisbane to plant the church. And God put it in my heart to plant the church in the center of the city. And so our... Um, Ministry Center is in uh, the Queen Street Mall in Brisbane. Uh, it's just a small place. That's where our Bible school is. It's uh, 180 Queen Street, uh, Suite 316. And uh, so that's where our Bible school is. 316. And, uh, that's like John 316. Yeah, I yes. love it. What yeah, a great exactly. <laughs> uh, amazingly, God brought us to the room 316. I had not planned that, but God had planned that. And, uh, yeah, that's where our Bible school has been since 2010. Now, I came here in 1999, but it took over 10 years to actually get into the center of the city, and that was uh, do, that was God opening up the door. So uh, any of you who have called of the Lord, I want to say you need perseverance because it doesn't happen overnight. Mm. It takes—it's a seed. It grows. Look at Joseph. You know, Joseph had this dream that he was going to be this great leader. He tells his family, and— they reject him. Yeah. They throw him in a pit. They make like he's dead. And it takes 13 years for that to actually be fulfilled. So to be a believer is to be one who perseveres. You need to persevere. Absolutely. And, and you lose hope sometimes in the process, but you keep on asking the Lord for hope. So so we're in the uh, city. Um, and then we also, our church is Church on the Park. It meets in Milton, Milton State School, and uh, it actually overlooks the park, park, so we have no walls. And people who come to the park, they hear the worship, they hear the Word of God, um, and it's, uh, it's a, beautiful, a beautiful group family of people, Church Wonderful. on the Park, yeah, in Brisbane. So good. Now, mate, you're also a DJ, as we were talking earlier, DJ Soul Vibes, S-O-L-V-I-B-E-S, and people can subscribe to you at uh, YouTube. They can look up your, your on Facebook and everything. And I'm just going to play a snippet of your music just so people can get an idea of the kind of stuff you do. Check this out. I, I just think this is so cool. A pastor mixing DJ stuff. He's mixed uh, a great sermon of uh, Dr. Martin Luther King. I'm not going to play that one. I'm just going to play this little snippet here for you. You're listening to House of Soul with pioneering New York house DJ, Soul Vibes. Broadcasting live from Brisbane, Australia. 
bringing you the freshest grooves in soulful, deep and inspirational house music. Sounds so cool. So you mix that down and you mix in sermon snippets and yes. song snippets and yes. and it goes for like an hour, that, that yeah. clip there. Like it's, yes. it's really cool stuff, eh? Yeah, it's an hour continuous mix. And uh, mixing is like putting pieces of the puzzle together and you're looking for songs that go together and are in the same key and the same rhythm and work together. Also, in all my mixes, I'm trying to communicate a biblical theme, yeah. something from the Bible, but it's done in the way that uh, I can give it to someone that's not a believer and they can relate to it. So it's not too too foreign for them. So that's so cool, my- mate. Love it. All right, if people want to find out more about your ministry, what's the best website to send them to? Yeah, uh, I think www.brisbanefire.com. Okay. So that is like a portal to all the different sites, to the Bible school, to the church, to our ministry center in the city. And for uh, the DJing, it's www.soulvibes.org, and soul is spelled S-O-L. Very cool. I reckon your history maker, Pastor Glenn, thanks for joining oh, us. Thank you, Matt. It's a real privilege to be here. Thanks for joining us on History Makers. If you'd like to listen to this interview again, just go to historymakers.tv. There you'll find links to Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can subscribe to our iTunes podcast or check out our YouTube clips. And you can find out about History Makers TV. We are a faith-based ministry and we appreciate every donation. You know, the vision of History Makers is to share the good news of Jesus Christ to the nations of the world. If you'd like to partner with us, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless you. Have an awesome day. I'm Matt Prater, and why don't you go and make history? History Makers. History Makers is proudly sponsored by Bible League, who serve the local church and other partners around the world by providing Bibles, scripture materials, and training to help people meet Jesus. They provide God's word to a lost and needy world. Bible League plants Bibles in prisons, among persecuted Christians and in poor nations, bringing the love and light of Christ into many people's lives around the world. Make history today by joining our friends at Bible League and planting a Bible that will help someone meet Jesus. Go to bl.org.au. Station sponsor, 